Hello and welcome to Dr. Quackers and welcome to the first episode of Season 7 of this podcast. And today we're going to be reviewing Captain America The First Avenger. Captain America is one of the biggest franchises on the planet. That movie franchise began with this film. They have tried to bring him to the big screen before with very little success with one of the most notorious, <laughs> notoriously terrible films ever put to film. With the success of the recent Marvel films, they were finally able to give him the big movie treatment. That being the two Iron Man films, the Incredible Hulk film, and Thor. Now, as far as origin stories go, this is one of the better ones. They, abs they absolutely knew what made this hero special. The strongest part of this film is his will to fight to stop the bully that is Hydra, and it's what really drives his motivations. His dynamic scenes between Dr. Abraham and himself are some of the best scenes in the whole film. They perfectly mirror Red Skull and Dr. Armin Zola uh, in the way that Abraham and Cap are mutually in a mutual relationship that they both respect and admire each other in the way that they view the world and how Abraham actually believes in Cap and does not fear him. He believes that because of how good he is and his motivations that pure his heart, that he would be the best candidate to receive the serum. While Red Skull, who was actually the first person to have Dr. Abraham's serum, but because how how evil he really is, it basically burnt off all his skin into this weird, deformed version of himself. But uh, the dynamic between him and Dr. Zola is that Zola follows him, believes in him through fear. It's more of how cruel and vicious he is that, that basically forces Zola into following him, while Abraham follows Cap because he truly believes in him. Also, I'm glad that they make Bucky and Steve the same age instead of the kid sidekick that initially Bucky was in the old comics, and I think Sebastian Stan is a perfect fit for this character, and I pretty much enjoy all the scenes on screen. Um, I think he brings that humor to um, Cap or Steve Rogers, a very serious and not-so-jokey tone. He's very awkward in, in the beginning, and then he eventually grows into the new man he has become. And, of course, Chris Evans it was a perfect choice for this character. He very much encapsulates what Captain America is and what he should be and how he should look. Chris Evans, goddamn, fucking, he got jacked for this role. I mean, he's always been kind of muscular. If you've seen any of his older films, he was muscular and played Human Torch. He's muscular and not another team movie. Um, stuff like that. But he de he definitely is at his biggest in this film. Uh, Hugo Weaving is a great Red Skull. I appreciate how they made him like a Saturday morning cartoon villains of old. Um, people like Skeletor and Mumra. And even himself from the older comics. He has that like appeal about him the, uh, the way that he's evil because he likes to be evil. And I kind of miss that from a lot of villains nowadays. Because for some reason, every villain has to be some sympathetic character. He's a villain. Like, an example of that being Cruella. Cruella doesn't like Dalmatians and dogs. Because do a couple Dalmatians killed her mother. It's... Why? It's like... I'm really, but it's really, I think that's why this character works well to be that Saturday morning cartoon. You can't really make a Nazi that sympathetic. It'd be like, well, <laughs> the only way I could think of was like, if they tried to be like, well, a couple of Jews beat up, beat, used to beat him up as a kid, and now he joined the Nazis. <laughs> I mean, if they were to make, if they were to try and make him sympathetic, I definitely feel like they would take that angle that a bunch of Jews used to beat him up. But, um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I just love the camp that they go into for this uh, his character. He isn't as compelling as, as Loki, 
but I still find him enjoyable. And that mainly has to do with he's not he's he is somewhat two dimensional in the fact that I said he's just evil to be evil's sake, um, and that's fine. Um, it's nothing that Hugo Weaving did. It's it's mainly the script and the dialogue he was given. That's just the role they give him for the story. It mainly has to do with uh, yeah, I, I still enjoy him, uh, and in my enjoyment mainly comes from. Hugo Weaving being a fantastic actor, being in films such as The Matrix, Lord of the Rings, V for Vendetta, Axlaw Ridge, he's just he's just another another top tier actor that just can really bring no matter what you give him. Uh, you can give him like government cheese and rotten like outdated macaroni and it still tastes like shit that Gordon Ramsay would make. He can just pretty much turn any shit you give him into something fantastic. And that's why Hugo Weaving is fantastic. <laughs> the action is very entertaining. It seems relatively hard to make superhuman action boring, but it can be done. Um, the special effects are a little dated. Uh, just some of the shots of Cap throwing the shield, specifically when they slow down and focus it at one point when it's doing like one of the montages, and the weapons powered by the Tesseract. Most of the time it looks pretty good, but like sometimes when they do like slow shots of the close-ups on like the effects of the Tesseract weapons, it can still look a little bit old. The movie's not that old, but I mean it is a it is a decade old at this point. Unfortunately, after the first act of this film, the story takes a bit of a dip. And it very much comes from the second act. And that's because there are two montages alone in the middle of the film. So the second act is supposed to somewhat builds to a conclusion, but it feels rushed because it's fine to have a montage in your film. Sometimes there's a you need somewhat of a time jump, and you don't want your movie too long or you don't want it to get boring. So sometimes you'll speed it up and just kind of show like the highlights of the events in between the beginning and the in the climax, and that's fine. But unfortunately, they have two of them, so it really shows like it was rushed to get to that ending. Um, the first montage is after Cap gets his powers and the U.S. government and the Senate were like, well, we're going to have you go around the United States with a bunch of showgirls, which I'm fine with. Um, <laughs> so it's a commercial to sell war bonds. And I'm like, okay, that happened in the comics. That's fine. But then he then is like, this is fucking stupid. And he finds out Bucky had been captured uh, in his um, platoon, the 107. Um, so... He then leaves and gets help from Peggy Carter, who I also really enjoy. I like her character. I think she's she's a very much improvement on the last female character in Thor. Um, much, much better than... Big improvement from Jane Foster. I think she actually uh, fits what she's supposed to be, I believe. It's very believable that she's an agent and she actually can do her job and she's competent. And she has an intelligence and suave about her. That makes her feel as though she doesn't really need cap to do the, to get the job done so i like her character so he gets her help and then he then gets into a pow camp that's run by hydra and saves uh the battalion and bucky and that's fine and yeah it's good i like it and then they go into another montage of cap and his and bucky and a bunch of other soldiers taking down a bunch of hydra plants and their weapons manufactory so they so they go from a, a montage to one scene where Cap saves them, to another montage, to the conclusion. So the ending of that montage you see um, is where they go into a train where Zola is supposedly on, they get information that he's on there, so they go to arrest him and basically take him to use him to get information on Red Skull. And during the mission, Bucky falls out of the train 
and falls to a believed icy watery death. Um, so then Cap, that's, then Cap gets pissed. He's like, I'm going to fuck these motherfuckers up. And that's where it kind of leads to. And then it gets right into the conclusion where Cap and uh, the U.S. Army is heading over to Hy uh, Red Skull's base to destroy Hydra. That's, that's, that's the whole second act. And it feels really rushed to get to that conclusion. It's not bad. It's not like the second act's not entertaining. It just feels too fast-paced, in my opinion. Um, it makes the conclusion feel rushed, like I previously said. The score is good. There aren't any standout tracks specifically, although my favorite s score pieces are played with Red Skull, specifically when you first see him at the base and he's getting the painting done with him. I do like that whole part, and I think they understood how to use the music, and I very much think it's one of the top parts of... Uh, if you look at, like, overall across, like, superhero films, I think this one's out of the better score, mainly because it feels like the environment that it took place. It kind of has that, like, old, like, 1940s type music, like the 50s kind of stuff, uh, 40s, 50s. So I, I enjoy that part. Um, and I think Red Skull very much has that, like, villain music, and I, I kind of like the old campy villain music. So, yeah, um, I give this movie the same rating as I gave Thor, a 7 out of 10. It's a good movie. It's a solid movie. It's better than a lot of the stuff, uh, the previous superhero films that came in the most in that decade. Um, yeah, I, I, it very much beats the Fantastic Four films and most of the X-Men films at that point. But yeah, I, it's overall a, a good film. Uh, it made me enjoy Captain America. I wanted to from um, being as though at the time. I didn't really read a whole lot of Cap comics. But after watching the movie, I, I read a decent amount of them. Like, I learned a lot about stuff with like him later, especially with the Civil War comics. That's when I really started getting into that part of Marvel. But yeah, so it very much can get anyone into Captain America. Uh, this is the start of, like I said, the franchise. But yeah, uh, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, if you want to reach out to me on any social media, I have an Instagram page, Dr. Quacker's Movie Reviews. I appreciate whatever feedback you like to give me, whether it's positive or negative or whatever you want to say to me. I'm down for it. So thank you. Um, I post stuff on there you wouldn't normally hear me talk about on here, specifically stuff about stand-up and maybe my excitement for new projects that are coming out or like favorite characters or sometimes things I don't necessarily feel as though is reviewable, if that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, so have a good day.